So I'm going to ask, um, uh, there's another pastor called Manny Sadiq, whose wife, Violet, and she's come to us at times for prayer. She had surgery on her knee, and it's gone completely wrong, and it's caused her a lot of problems. And so we can pray for that, and we can pray for my sister and her family. So I'm going to ask May and Jane, who met them, to come up and pray. And uh, just pray that these symptoms, uh, pray whatever you want. And then pray for Violet too. Yeah. Uh, the mic is there. Father, I just want to. Is it up? Um, we just want to lift up um, Reba and her family up to you, Father. Yes. Um, even though the virus has already affected them, Father, um, your work is never done, Lord. Mm. So we just pray against any further effects, any further um, spread, especially for KJ, that he will not be infected as well. Yeah. Um, and Father, I mean, they've gone through so much um, quarantining and being locked down together, and just being, that's not the, trapped is not the right word, being confined <laughs> together again, Father, I just pray um, that there will be a unity in the family, um, there yeah. will be an uplifting, um, there will be a building up of each other, um, even though it can be hard, it can be stressful, Father, um, with teenagers and grown children, um, yeah, I just pray for a unity for them of coming together, um, really experiencing your love and compassion over them, Father, yeah. um, and I pray that um, against this tiredness feeling of it's happening again, um, that against the, any thought that um, God isn't watching over us. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just pray that it stops. Um, it does not spread to KJ. Um, yeah. The symptoms um, end here and that they just can really be revived and refreshed for the rest of their quarantine time. Amen. In your most precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah, Father, I just want to ask for two things. Um, one, that this be a time, just like May was saying, of regrouping for them. That it be a spiritual regrouping, yeah. that it be a mental regrouping, that yeah. it be a physical regrouping, that everything is seen through your eyes again. Hallelujah. That there is yeah. a, um, a bolstering of strength, of wisdom, of heavenly sight, yeah. um, of resources, everything they need, Father, for what's to come. Because they are an extended arm of this body, and mm. we just extend... Um, the grace and um, all the blessing, all the what you've called us into, yeah. it's extended to them equally. Hallelujah. So, Father, I just um, pray that this be a time of regrouping for them. And the second thing is I just um, pray that instead of COVID spreading, immunity would spread from that family. Yeah. So I speak yeah. it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That immunity Sheba the thing that spread so from this family in Jesus' Shukra name. Yeah. That COVID yeah. ends today. Amen. Yeah. In the name of Jesus, Thank you, for Father. that family, and just as your glory goes out it from your temple, possible. that immunity you. will go out and spread from this family, yeah. and that your light will God, go with it, it. your possible. glory will go with it, your in healing Jesus will go with it, and I speak Hallelujah. this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you. Father, I just bring Violet to you. Um, I know her and her efforts to bring people from non-Christian faiths to know you. 
You said how lovely are, on the feet, are the feet of those that bring good news. So in Jesus Christ's name, we command the restoration of her feet. We command that which is wrong to be corrected and healed. I command that that which is decaying, that which has um, been bruised, ruptured, that is um, any pus formation, any any such decay in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak life and healing so that her feet will once again begin to be able to carry her and carry her to bring good news to a lot of Punjabis and Hindus that she has brought to the faith. I pray that she will find help during this time as she recovers. These are the things we pray for this woman in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Cool. Okay, guys, last week uh, we were talking about how one of the things Jesus did was preach the message of the kingdom. And the message of the kingdom was, uh, my kingship is here, so I want you to change. And I also want you to go heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, and uh, cast out demons. This was his proclamation. We talked about it last week. Last week, And we said it is our uh, duty too, uh, our privilege and our duty and a command that I want you to go do the same. That if I'm going to show mercy in this land through this amazing thing called healing, I need you to proclaim what I proclaimed first. And the proclamation was, my kingship is here, as in Jesus' kingship or the kingdom is here, therefore change. And not just change, when you tell them to change, you have to show them evidence that the kingship, my kingship is here. Therefore, go cleanse lepers, heal the sick, um, cast out demons, and raise the dead. And when you do that, again say, see, these things are happening. Surely, God is here. His kingship is here. Therefore, repent. And so for the next little while, I'm hoping we can stay with... <coughs> I, I'm hoping we can stay with this idea of being kingdom ambassadors. So when we talk about kingdom ambassadors, the first thing we need to know is that every human being who is born is born into the kingdom of darkness. This is a very odd but true thing. Every human being that is born is actually born into the kingdom of darkness. And Jesus came to deliver us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So there's no human being that is presently being born that isn't actually being born into the kingdom of darkness. Every one of them since Adam has been born into the kingdom of darkness. And Jesus Christ came to deliver us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So if you look at Colossians 1.13, Colossians 1.13, it says, uh, uh, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Follow with me guys, just open to scriptures. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's look at another scripture, 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter 2.9. 
1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him, again, who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Let's look at another scripture, Ephesians 5.8. Ephesians 5.8. For you were once darkness. Now, it's not even you were once in darkness. It is you were once darkness. You were once darkness, but now you are light. Not even you are in the light. You are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. And so, Jesus' assignment then was to reconnect us to the Father and to break in the kingdom. So, again, one part of Jesus' ultimate assignment was reconnect us to the Father. The second part was break in or usher in the kingdom, which was his right from the beginning. But to usher it in, he would have to introduce the Holy Spirit to the earth. It was not that the Spirit of God wasn't there before, but he had to reintroduce the Holy Spirit to the earth. Because the kingdom only comes to pass by the power of the Holy Spirit. If there is no Holy Spirit, there is no kingdom. And then God had another problem. The Holy Spirit would have to indwell man for the kingdom to be in their midst. The Holy Spirit would have to indwell man for the rulership or the kingship of Jesus to be in their midst. But he couldn't indwell man, therefore Christ had to go to the cross on Calvary so that the Holy Spirit could now indwell man. We don't realize how important this was to both the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Reconnect him as back to the Father and breaking in the kingdom that was God's from the beginning. What do they say of him in the Old Testament? You have been a king from everlasting to everlasting. You have no beginning, no end. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. A kingdom that has been forever. Any questions on what I've said thus far? They're trying to fix this thing and we don't have a board, so I'll try and go slow. And if they fix it, so be it. So the presence that was lost in Eden had, was restored at Pentecost. The presence that was lost in Eden was restored in Pentecost. We don't realize how heinous Adam's crime was. We just think Adam sinned, ate an apple. No, he was given a kingdom. He committed treason. He gave the kingdom over to another counterfeit king. And the kingdom was lost forever. So much so that that counterfeit king says to Jesus, you bow before me and I'll return it to you. But Jesus knows that the only way to reconnect us to the Father and to bring in the kingdom is by having the Holy Spirit come. The Holy Spirit was always here. He was there in Genesis 1. But having the Holy Spirit come to indwell us and therein lie the that was the problem. <clears throat> and that problem could only be solved by Jesus' death, Jesus' life, Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection, Jesus' ascension. 
all four were important. In his life, one of the things, I mean, why live 33 years? One of the things Jesus was trying to demonstrate, especially during his ministry years, was to say that, listen, you want to see what the kingdom looks like? Let my life demonstrate the reality and the power of the kingdom. Let me show you. This is what the kingdom looks like. There was a place called Eden. There will be a place called the city of Jerusalem in the end. But in between, these are the things that must happen to give people a taste of what awaits. And therefore, through his life, he began to display the reality and the power of the kingdom. Through his death, he paid the price for us to be rescued from the kingdom of darkness. Life for life. One man's life for another man's life. That's what is happening through his death. So here is Jacob trapped in the kingdom of darkness. Well, I'll exchange life for life. You take me, you release him. His death, again, was so that we could be rescued out. But rescuing out wasn't enough. New life had to be given. And that new life happens when he is resurrected. And so now not only are you rescued out, you have life restored to you as was in the Garden of Eden. And then he takes it one step further. It's not enough to be resurrected. One has to ascend. This is very distracting. One has to ascend. Why did Jesus have to ascend? Guys, ascension, without ascension. Do you, uh, guys, let's, if it doesn't work, just put it off because um, it's very hard not to keep your eyes on all that's happening there. So just wonderful to read. Tell us, tell us, tell us again and again and again. Yeah. Alrighty, he's doing his own sermon there. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I, I might have spoken out of turn when I said you raised two good children. Oh. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, ascension was important, guys. We don't really, I mean, uh, Good Friday and Easter Sunday, but if he hadn't ascended, he would not send the Holy Spirit. Because he said that unless I go to my Father, the Holy Spirit will not come. I will not leave you as orphans. When I go to my Father, the Holy Spirit will be released. And so it was important for him to ascend to the Father so that the Spirit of God could be released. Ascension releases the Holy Spirit. And therefore on Pentecost... Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. How are babies saved if they are born into the kingdom of darkness? Jesus' blood is sufficient for mankind because it pays the price for all mankind. Till a person, and not just babies, till a person is at an age of understanding to receive Christ, they are not um, responsible for that decision making and therefore the blood of Christ covers them. In Isaiah, there's a scripture that says, by the time this child has the ability to taste curds and no difference between right and wrong, such and such a thing will happen. So we can't even say babies. Sometimes people are not in a position to confess, believe in their heart and confess in their mouth, with their mouth because of things that have happened to them, physically, mentally. And the great thing is the blood of Christ actually paid the price for the sin of every man, woman, and child that exists. But it is ours to ask that. And if we are not in a if we don't have the capacity to ask that, his blood covers. This is a God who creates loopholes to get in. Yeah. 
So every child, every baby, um, every person who is not able to decide, as in because of phys uh, physical or mental challenges, will have brand new bodies, brand new minds, brand new in the presence of God. So baptizing a baby doesn't get the baby any extra brownie points. Yeah. So, so Jesus is the architect of the kingdom because when he ascends, he sends the Holy Spirit. And now um, the presence that was lost in Eden is restored at Pentecost. And so guys, the degree to which I am yielded to the Holy Spirit is the degree to which God's kingship will be displayed through me. The degree to which I am yielded to the Holy Spirit is the degree to which God's kingship is displayed through me or through us. So why we're going down this road is so that we begin to um, think a certain way so that we can be a certain way. So I would suggest for the next maybe three weeks at least, we begin to think as ourselves as ambassadors of this kingdom that Christ has restored. That we begin to think of ourselves as ambassadors of this kingdom that Christ has restored. Ambassadors of the kingdom that Christ has restored. Or I, I don't even know if he re restored it, he reintroduced it. So if you go to Ephesians 6.20, and whenever you think of ambassadors, you think of a... Um, uh, like one of those really stretch Mercedes with a flag in front. Uh, but um, if you get that, so be it. But in uh, Paul's case, uh, he was also in chains. So if you look at Ephesians 6.20, starting at verse 19, Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. So there are times when you can be the ambassador of the kingdom in chains, and there are other times where you can be an ambassador who um, is not in chains and is taken care of and doing well. Uh, you're taken care of even when you're in chains, but let's look at another scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God was making his appeal through us. And so I want to explore this idea of being ambassadors of the kingdom that Christ has restored. And before we even touch that, if, if that is the case and the Bible says so, then the church is an embassy. Then the church is an embassy. It's a, it's, it's a sovereign territory of the kingdom, and it is respected by other nations that uh, the embassy is in. So, uh, I mean, if you were in trouble in a certain nation and you ran to the Canadian embassy and uh, went in, you cannot be extracted because you have now sought refuge in a geographical location in a foreign land, and yet that geographical location in the foreign land is actually the sovereign territory of the country that has an embassy there. This is why it's so important to stay connected to your local church. 
You cannot stay connected to the church. You have to stay connected to the local church. But it extends to you embassy-like privileges that keeps you a certain way. When my sister wrote to me, uh, what I liked about what she wrote to me is, we are connected to you. We don't have elders or things like that here because we are not in a church here. So would you ask the church to pray? And so when May was praying the way she prayed, I thought to myself, great, this is an extension. We don't realize the safety that is in it. Th this is nothing to do with Acts 29 or Jacob. This is a scriptural principle. And if you are disconnected, then... Yeah, I've talked about that so many times, so I won't go there. And uh, this sovereign territory or embassy is only breached by compromise or treason. It's only breached by compromise or treason, as in treason as in when we begin to cooperate with the devil in things, then the embassy is breached. Or when we compromise, as in our values are no longer the values of the king that we serve, then the embassy is compromised. Otherwise, this is a safe place. And by safe place, I don't mean a building. I'm talking about a people. Because the kingdom of God is not in a building. The kingdom of God is a matter of love, uh, matter of um, love, sorry. No, not love, joy, peace. Um, it is not a matter of talking but a matter of righteousness, righteousness, joy, and peace, and power in the Holy Ghost. Because another scripture talks about power. Let's go check it out. First Corinthians, righteousness, peace, and jo righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Songs are great for remembering scripture. That's Ron Canoli which most of you don't know. Hey, you. <laughs> First Corinthians 4.20. First Corinthians 4.20. Every time you talk like that, I expect you to have long hair and a flowery t-shirt. <laughs> that can be arranged. <laughs> no, it's okay. First Corinthians 4. We can hardly handle you with these clothes. First Corinthians 4.20. <laughs> Silence in the peanut gallery. First Corinthians 4.20, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. And then Romans, um, Romans, uh, can someone find that verse in Romans? It's only 16 chapters. Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Come on, guys, Google it. Romans 14. Romans 14, 17. Yeah. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. And so, uh, yeah, so the church is an embassy. So let's talk about ambassadors. Ambassadors represent the king's government. So if you are an ambassador, and you are, um, then you represent the king's government. You don't represent the king only. You represent the king's government, as in the way he reigns, the way he rules, the way he conducts his business, the way he conducts his affairs. You represent the king's government. So as we learn to see ourselves as ambassadors, we will change the way we think and live. 
as we learn to see ourselves as ambassadors, we will change the way we think and live. Um, I was once with uh, um, uh, a government official from a certain country, and he would not meet me openly because he knew I was a Christian and he was a Muslim. So he sent his aide to invite me to the hotel room he was staying in, and it was absolutely unofficial, and I went and met with him, and I wasn't on his agenda of meetings that day. Why? Because when he represents his government, who he meets with, how he conducts himself, is being watched, and he could not do it publicly. What's the point here? The point is, when you represent, when you are an ambassador, you do not speak, people that come and meet you are not meeting just the person. They're meeting the intent, they're meeting the culture, and they're meeting the voice of the government you represent. They're meeting the intent, they're meeting the culture, and they're meeting the voice of the government you represent. Therefore, when someone comes and meets you, they're not just meeting Vivek, they're not just meeting me, they're meeting the intent of God, the voice of God, the culture of God, and how he rules and reigns. This is why I think over the next three weeks as we begin to think like this, we may begin to live a little differently. Not live a little differently, live differently. Any questions? How's it going there? You think I'm going to give it to you? If I give it to you, then you'll have my bank account, man. <laughs> Ambassadors represent the kingdom government of God. When someone is in the presence of an ambassador, they are in the presence of the government he or she represents. His or her words are the words of the government. Just imagine that. If for a second the world actually thought that you, Dilna, that every word you speak was actually from God. It is because the world doesn't think so that we are okay. They have no expectations of Jacob or Dilna to speak for God. But you wouldn't think like that when you go to meet the ambassador of Netherlands or of South Africa, you would expect that when you enter his um, embassy, that the words he speaks are not his opinion. But they are the words of the one he represents. I wish there was some official light that falls on each of us. I think, whoosh, you are now an ambassador. But because it doesn't, we don't think so. So we, yeah. What if I actually began to think that my words are the words of the government of the king? It doesn't mean you s stop joking about probation and putting four people into the furnace. But it does mean that I'll be measured in everything I say. So when people come and meet me, when, when, when they're meeting me, they're not just meeting the person, but they're meeting the voice and the intent and the culture of a king and his kingdom. When they come into contact with me, they should not just meet the person, Jacob, 
but the God whom I belong to and who dwells in me through the Holy Spirit. I want to be aware of this. I want to be aware of this. How's it going? (laughs) Guys, one of the things about this kingdom is it's relational. And therefore, the government of this kingdom is relational. And as an ambassador, you have to be relational. And when you are sent to a country to represent a king, you can't be picky and choosy about who you relate to. You relate to whoever you are sent to and whoever you encounter during the day. You cannot be picky based on color, creed, wealth, attitude. You cannot. I cannot. This kingdom was created through relationality. What do you mean by that? An invisible king becomes visible so that he can relate. An invisible king becomes visible so that he can relate. And now that Christ related that way, he has left an embassy on earth saying, why don't you guys now go and relate the same way? As ambassadors, you go relate. And so this kingdom is built entirely on relation. relationality and therefore you have to do the same and the only way one gets born uh, that's the other thing it's got an open visa immigration policy the intent of this kingdom is whichever nation we are in we are going to have people enter this kingdom and the only way to enter this kingdom is by being born again and the only way to be born again is to come into relationship with people and tell them about your king This was always the plan. The plan was not to distribute tracts and Bibles and show movies. That was supposed to be an aid. It was supposed to be an aid. I'm not saying that the Jesus movie hasn't done tremendously well in many nations across the earth through um, Campus Crusade and YWAM. No, but these were aids. They were not the primary method. You think Jesus couldn't send a video with each child that was born? Open at age of eight. Watch. Get born again. It's not the way it happens. The baby comes just as a baby. So all these were supposed to be extra aids that would be used. But primarily, this kingdom, this is the strange thing about this kingdom. It's so wonderful and so painfully slow and brilliant. It can only be built through one life at a time, relationality. How does Jesus go how are we where we are today on the earth by Jesus going picking one man called Peter and building a relationship with him that's where it started these parables about the kingdom do you realize now how weighty and powerful they are that the kingdom of God is like a seed like a mustard seed small insignificant But over a period of time, over years actually, that little mustard seed grows into a bush that is greater than most others, that birds come and dwell in. There's a reason he says this. He's not in a hurry, but he's absolutely on time. So as ambassadors, not not working guys, okay, 
you guys won't make it into the Bitcoin mining industry. Couldn't solve that puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, remember this is relation. Remember that we, this is a kingdom that has an open door saying, come, we'll give you a passport, but you have to be born again. And you, ha you can only be born again by recognizing the kingship of Jesus who came and died. How we proclaim it. Know that the kingship of Jesus is here. You receive him. Change. You must change. You must change. And then let me show you the evidence of the kingdom in our midst. The sick are healed. The dead are raised. The demons are cast out. And the lepers are healed. Now having seen that, let me say to you again, the kingdom of God is here. Keep wrapping our heads around this, guys. Nothing in the kingdom is instant except salvation. And the reason salvation is instant was because it was drawn out over 33 years and culminated on Calvary. Everything else. Why is it that we struggle the way we struggle? Because we are growing in relationship. Why is it that we are not struggling the way we used to struggle? Because we have grown in relationship. Brilliant. Why is it that we will be better tomorrow? Because we continue to grow in relationship. Why is it that we'll be worse tomorrow? Because we're not interested. We're on our phones Googling while someone is teaching. And if that hat fits, wear it. It's very deliberate. Being an ambassador is a privilege, but it also comes with responsibilities. Being an ambassador is a privilege, but it also comes with huge responsibilities. So the first responsibility, let me write on the board, is since we are pretending we, yeah. Uh, <laughs> these are the things that the Chinese pastor will ask. What were you doing when you were writing in the air? <laughs> That's it. Um, here are some of our responsibilities. Um, speak, proclaim the king's words. Proclaim the king's words. As in, Look into the word of God and proclaim his own words. Like, parrot them thoughtfully. I know it's a paradox, but, or an oxymoron, but parrot Jesus' words thoughtfully. Proclaim his words. Say exactly what he says. Especially when it comes to proclamation in this kingdom. Use his words. So even though it's a privilege, it comes with huge responsibilities. S proclaim the king's words. Second, be obsessed with the king's interests. Be obsessed with the king's interests. Obsessed. Not be passionate. Not be interested. Be obsessed with the king's interest. Obsession is when everything else, including food, is uh, set aside because you're so obsessed with something. Be obsessed. This is where that whole idea of my family, my work, my money, 
and my time is no longer at the service of anything but the interest of the king because I'm obsessed with the interests of the king. Let me say that again. Your family, your work, your money, and your time and possessions are no longer to serve anything else but the interests of the king and kingdom. For those of us who weren't here two years ago, it is never God, family, church. That is as anti-biblical as it comes. It is always God, church, family. Any questions on that one? If it came to a point of choice, we would do what Jesus did when he says, who, are my who is my mother and who are my brothers? But those that do my will. So that's, he, everything he asks us of us, he already does. Part of the reason he had to live here on earth is so that I can't say, but you have no idea what I'm talking about. That excuse is removed. Yeah. You know, disruptive glory. Glory cannot be disruptive unless extremes are pushed. God's glory hasn't ever been um, some kind of soft afterglow uh, as the sun sets in the west. It's always been pretty weighty and disruptive. Why isn't it that we experience God's glory as disruptive? Because if you want his glory to be disruptive, you have to be willing to um, push the limits in your own life so that his glory can come crashing through like the waves. Break what is necessary, shape what is necessary. And that's where we are heading. And no one person can do it. The glory of God cannot settle on one person. It would consume him and destroy him. The glory of God can settle on a people because that's always been his plan. We're not even talking about the Old Testament now where the Holy Spirit would come upon a person for a little while and go. We're talking about God in the third person dwelling amongst the people and only a people can kind of contain him and even that they can't. So the first one was Proclaim the king's words. Second, be obsessed with the king's interests. Third, speak on the king's behalf, on behalf of his government. Speak on the king's behalf. These are not verses from the Bible. This is when you're asked something. You may be struggling inside, but you have only one opinion. And that ain't your opinion or your preference. It's the opinion of the king. And you speak on behalf of his government and on his behalf. How do you speak on behalf of the king and the behalf of the government of God? Very simple. You got to know the nature of the king. You know the nature of the king, you know the nature of the kingdom. And what is the nature of the king? Very simple. The nature of the king 
is that of a father, and he is good. Start there. You cannot get it wrong if you start there. The nature of the king is that of a father, and he is good. Whenever in doubt, whenever in turmoil, whenever confused, whenever things are coming against you, you go back to the simple thing, that the nature of the king and the kingdom is, he is a father and he is very good. You start there and it's impossible to be messed up for too long. Every time you're messed up, you come back to this. It is, it is the surest thing in the universe, guys. There is nothing that is as permanent as that. <laughs> nothing as permanent as that. And yet it's hard to believe. Any questions? Um, you in the second blue shirt, you have a question? When did that click for me? I don't know, man. I, I think my dad was a pretty okay dad. And so the only way I began to relate to God was as a dad. And so it was immediate for me. And every time I try to picture uh, God, I have no problems connecting him to my dad. That is not the experience of most people. My dad may not have been the best uh, in other areas, but in this one area, um, he seemed to have gotten it. Uh, while I was young, once I grew older, everything changed. But, <laughs> but while I was young, he was just a, a great dad. And uh, so it was easy. So I've never related to God as anything but Father. And I've had to deliberately relate in ways that are not father with God because you, there are other aspects to God you got to um, grow in but the most important aspect is that of a father because that makes up more than 50 to 60 percent of God if you could put a percentage on it those that do not know God as father do not know the Christian God those that do not relate to God as father do not know aren't relating fully to the Christian God those that are not approaching him as father on a daily basis and see yourself as son are not functioning in the fullness of who they are as Christians. And I can show this from scriptures. This is not my view. And you'll be surprised at the number of people who know him as Savior, Lord, Redeemer, Jesus, Son of God, but do not know, cannot approach, aren't able to relate to him as Father, Partly because we superimpose our dads and mums on God and completely distorts him. But the great thing is, just because the copy is distorted doesn't mean the original was damaged. It is the photocopier that ate it up. Be obsessed with the king's interest. Speak on behalf of the king's government. This really bothered me that, Father, there are so many times when I don't represent... Uh, you well. When I say speak, I'm not just talking about words. I'm talking about attitude. I'm talking about tone. I'm talking about facial expression. I'm talking about approach. Everything can be so negative even though the words are positive. Yeah, what do you want? What do you want? Great, I'm representing the kingdom. Jesus said, ask her what she wants. What do you want? That's hardly approachable. 
Someone else shuddered when I asked that question. What we don't realize is when you represent the king and the kingdom, so much more is conveyed. And the way we convey it is not just words. It's, a, it's approachability. It is uh, the dignity you place on someone uh, when you approach them. It's the words you speak. It's how you speak them, the tone. Everything matters. And my God, can I be a colossal failure in that many times? Even though I'm delivering authentic goods from the kingdom. Maybe take away the colossal. Can I not be a failure? Maybe colossal was a little too harsh. Fourth thing. Um, these are responsibilities that come with being an ambassador. Um, be in constant communication with the king. Be in constant communication with the king. One of the funniest and the most ironic uh, sites during the Gulf War, which was a war that happened before most of you were born, um, was that the Iraqi ambassador would come on CNN. And <laughs> we were in Bahrain at that time. And he would come on CNN, and uh, CNN would be showing the airport being overrun by US troops and planes bombing the airport. And the Iraqi ambassador would come and say, no, everything is OK. Everything is peaceful. No, 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 airport hasn't been taken. And in the background, you can see the airport being taken and overrun and bombs dropping. But the guy had no choice. He only speaks for his government and for his president. And if the president says the airport is fine, it doesn't matter that there's a picture showing the airport is not fine, he continues to say the airport is fine. This is how it is, guys. You do not have an opinion if you're an ambassador. Be in constant communication with the king. Huh? Jesus was like this in John chapter 8, verse 28, in John chapter 5, verse 19 and 30. I can do nothing if I am not connected to the, my father. I can only say what I hear him saying. I can only do what I see him doing. Constant communication allows you to be a brilliant ambassador. There are rewards too. We'll talk about the rewards. I said last week I was kind of looking forward to talking about things of the kingdom, and I am. It'll be good, guys. And the fifth one is we carry out the king's policies. We carry out the king's policies here on earth. We're, we're not deciding policies. We're just carrying them out. He decides policies. We discern them. We learn them. And what do I mean by discern? We try to figure out what's he saying now. And this king multitasks. So if a people don't multitask, uh, the people get stuck. This king multitasks. He's multitasking 8 billion times a second right now. This king multitasks. Praful and um, Brandon were trying, and they couldn't succeed with one simple laptop. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Carry out his policies. Carry out his policies. Yep. Yeah, so what I mean by multitasking is 
this king can be building this uh, pew, and then he can suddenly leave that half done and go and start building this pulpit. And so what happens with us as people is we have this tendency to want to finish things before we will move on to something else. But this king doesn't do that. I mean, Jesus learned that the hard way. So he would be walking to go to Jairus' daughter, and then there would be a woman with an issue of blood. And then he would stop there, then he would go somewhere else, and he would finally get to Jairus' daughter, by which time most of the people he was going to visit were dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when all of us begin to do this, it becomes easier. Lazarus, same thing. Jesus could have saved him before he died. No luck there. Father told him to wait for four days till the guy was dead. Not only was he dead, now he had, was put in a tomb. He was stinking. Now you can go. So this is what I mean by he doesn't necessarily finish things the way we want to in a certain time frame. And that can be pretty annoying. Because most of us, especially in the Western world, are finishers. Not because we are good finishers, but we've got to finish it. Uh, guys, do you want to switch off the AC for a tiny bit? People are beginning to, like, uh, I brought, oh, the fans. Yeah, just switch the fans off. Keep the AC on. Yeah. I brought an extra shirt after last week. Well, the thing is, I wore that shirt and came in, and Mike's wife, I don't remember her name, said that watching you in this shirt makes me feel warm, so I had to go change the shirt. It's a very demanding shirt sometimes. So guys, um, an ambassador who voices personal opinions or conducts himself shamefully jeopardizes his king's reputation and jeopardizes the embassy's security and is usually recalled. Let me say that again. An ambassador who voices personal opinions or conducts himself shamefully jeopardizes his nation's reputation or the king's reputation and jeopardizes the security of the embassy. Yeah. An ambassador who voices personal opinions and who behaves or conducts himself shamefully brings disrepute or dishonor to the king and jeopardizes the security of the embassy. And the great thing is, it's not like one of us is an ambassador. All of us are ambassadors. And so there's this responsibility. So you don't decide what to believe. You just come into agreement with the king. And if he calls something sin, it's sin. I want to show you a, a certain article after the live stream is over. Just to show you what lies ahead, perhaps, in this part of the world, in BC and places like that, and how uh, some of the things we are talking about, we may have to actually face up to. But we'll uh, show it after the live stream ends. So when you look at the culture of the kingdom of darkness and the culture of the kingdom of God, you'll see stark differences. The kingdom of darkness focuses on power. What stark differences, huh? And if this is not distinguishable in my life, 
then uh, that is a way of knowing that, Jacob, you're not being the kind of ambassador that makes your kingdom very obvious. So the kingdom of darkness focuses on power. The kingdom of God focuses on submission. Because this goes against the grain of who we are. Because remember where we were born. We were born in the kingdom of darkness. Many of us, this is why kids who find him early are blessed. They're not educated enough in the world, in the ways of the kingdom of darkness. You don't have to be bad to become good. You can just start good. It's a distinct advantage. So the kingdom of darkness focuses on power. The kingdom of God focuses on submission. You see this in Jesus' life. To the Father and to the people around him. Second, the kingdom of darkness focuses on freedom. The kingdom of God focuses on responsibility. Very odd. The kingdom of darkness focuses on freedom. Got to be free. Got to be free. I mean, totally bound. The more, the more they are free, the more they are bound. So the kingdom of darkness focuses on freedom. The kingdom of God focuses on responsibility. As in, I'll be responsible. There's something much greater than freedom called responsibility. I'll be responsible with the freedom that God has given me. I don't pursue freedom for the sake of freedom. I pursue freedom for the sake of response, being responsible for the freedom that God has given me. I love what it, Paul says in 1 Corinthians. He says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. What's he trying to say there? Listen, you are free. You've been saved. All your sins are forgiven, past, present, future. Your eternity is secure. You are free. But I want you to say, I want you to know that even though everything is permissible, not everything is beneficial. So even though putting off the fan is permissible, it is not beneficial. So could you put it back on? The kingdom of darkness focuses on gain, G-A-I-N. The kingdom of God focuses on giving. One focuses on gain. Very obvious. It's how the entire world runs. One focuses on gain. The other focuses on giving. I was just thinking of Nandigama. I mean, they should keep what they have. Because they've struggled for years. But what are they doing? They're not taking it and distributing it in Bangladesh and Pakistan. Gain. Giving. Just two days ago, I was sitting looking at my bank account and saying, Father, I've got to release this into your hands. My bank account is looking good. I have to release it into your hands. If I don't, this thing will start exerting a certain amount of power over me. So last night at 12.02, I got up and sent money all over the place so that it would be broken, that I, I have, that I have less and less control over how much I dictate. Whenever you think you are dictating where money goes, it's actually money that is dictating you. Whenever you think you are dictating where money will go, you are actually having money dictate you. Gain giving. The kingdom of darkness focuses on compromise. The kingdom of God focuses on purity. Kingdom of darkness, compromise. 
kingdom of God, purity. And now as you stand, it should be a sword that cuts. And you have to see whether you're half and half, three quarters and one quarter, or fully on one side or the other. Half and half ain't distinguishable, eh? Any questions? The kingdom of darkness wants immediate results. <laughs> the kingdom of God focuses on lasting fruit and it takes time. I pray that you have fruit. I've appointed you to bear fruit. I pray that you have fruit and your fruit remains. Jesus' words, John 15. Immediate results versus lasting fruit. The kingdom of darkness is uh, self-serving and gratifying. Self-serving and gratifying. As in, it wants to gratify immediate needs. The kingdom of God, oh, Jesus portrayed it so well. Where it was, uh, I came not to be served, but to serve. This is, this is how the world will know. This is why the first century church was quite different. There was something so countercultural about the first century church when it came to these matters. Yeah, uh, the kingdom of darkness is self-serving and gratifying, like immediate gratification, while the kingdom of God is one that serves others and uh, one that exerts self-control. Gratification versus self-control. Gratification versus self-control. Guys, we, we are already a long ways into the kingdom of God. We just got to make sure that we just keep going down this road. This is not to tell you that you and I are not doing this. This is to tell us we've got to make the distinctiveness of who we belong to and the government we work for and the kingdom of God we have entered so different that people cannot but notice. It has to be distinct. We've come a long way in this. The kingdom of darkness competes. The kingdom of God cooperates. The kingdom of darkness competes. The kingdom of God cooperates. And one last one. The kingdom of darkness loves the praise of men. The kingdom of God loves the approval of the king. The kingdom of God, darkness loves the praise of men. The kingdom of God loves the approval of the king. Let's just look at the rewards and then we'd stop for today. So guys, as you concentrate on the king's interests and as you represent him faithfully, life is taken care of. As you concentrate on the king's interests and as you represent him faithfully, life is taken care of. Matthew 6, verse 31. Matthew 6, 31. I know you know this, but let's just read it. Matthew 6, 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingship, rulership, government, kingdom, and his righteousness, as in, his right ways, 
and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Concentrate on the king's interest and represent him faithfully, and life is taken care of. Because an ambassador's government provides for him everything he needs to live and perform his function or her function. An ambassador's government, an ambassador's government provides for him everything he needs to live and perform his functions. He's provided an office, he's provided a home, he's provided a car, he's provided staff, he's provided funding. And he's occasionally provided persecution too. Go to Mark 10, 28. Mark 10, 28. I'm not sure we believe this, eh? We may know it um, in here, but I don't think there's this constant connection of Matthew 6, 33 between head and heart. That if I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, God will take care of all the other things that are that, the, that, that you would normally chase after. Why is it that we are not able to uh, um, place wealth, money, time, family, uh, possessions, work at the feet of Christ and his embassy? Why is it? Because those are important. How do you live if you don't take care of those things? So there is a disconnect between head and heart. That is why we struggle with it. We would not struggle with it if there was no disconnect. Peter at one point ended up in a place where there was no struggle and he says in Mark 10 that Jesus, we have given up everything and look at Jesus' reply. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Peter said to him, we have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, I love it. When Jesus says, I tell you the truth, like really take notice because he usually isn't in the habit of saying anything else. Um, I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields with them and with them persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. So as God's kingdom and righteousness becomes your first priority. So what are we talking about? As God's r rule, reign, proclamation, um, words, um, representation here on earth, his intent, culture, as those become your priority, and as his right ways of functioning, right ways of living become your priority, when those two become your priority, then all other things are added. So when you focus on accomplishing his will and expanding his domain, he takes care of life. And he doesn't take care of life as a miser. He takes care of life well. Takes care of life well. Experience it. But after experiencing it, increase in it. Hear me. Most of us have experienced this in this room. But after experiencing it, increase in it. God wants, this God of ours is a God of increase. I'm not talking about increase of wealth. I'm talking about increase in, increase in the display of your life being taken care of. 
I have a good manager. The Lord is my shepherd. I That is what I mean by increase. And this is not a, it cannot be a faith statement. It must be an evidence statement. I can see the love of God in this place. I receive his mercy. I receive his grace. I delight myself at your table, O God. You have delight myself at your table, O God. You've done all things well. Just look at... That's just super. What, I mean, whoever wrote that song, those two lines, he was inspired. <laughs> delight yourself. I delight myself at your table, oh God. Just look at my life. Um, I delight myself at your table, oh God. You do all things well. Just look at my life. Increase in the display of God's managing of your life. Not your bosses managing, not your works managing, not your savings managing, not your investments doing well. But people will scratch their heads and say, how? How? Very simple. I just pursue this thing called his kingship and I try and represent it well as an ambassador and I pursue living right right ways of living. How when I do these things, all other things that the pagans and Christians, unfortunately now, chase after <laughs> are added to me so that every now and then I look back and I realize, oh shucks, that long line of stuff following me is getting longer. And then you count your blessings and you renounce them one by one. And you renounce them so that it has no ownership over you. And every time you begin to suspect that it is exerting ownership over you, wake up at 12.02 and give a whole lot of it away. And it'll break its strength over you. Wake up at 12.02. So I would suggest to you that an understanding of your position as an ambassador will increase your faith, not for the things of life, but increase your faith for the things of the kingdom because you are no longer focusing your faith on the things of life. An understanding of my position as an ambassador will increase my faith, not for the things of life, which is where most faith currency is spent, but it'll increase my faith for the things of the kingdom, as in the expansion of his domain. And life will be taken care of. Good teaching? Thank you, sister. <laughs> kingdom of darkness loves the praise of men. Yeah. So how do we respond? Come, you respond from the pews. Say what you want in response to this teaching. I love pews that you can lean on and they won't go down. Okay. You respond.
Respond as part of his embassy. Respond in our limited view at present of what we're being taught over the next three weeks. Feel free to respond as you want. Yeah. You can pray, you can make statements. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So true. People know what you're most interested in. It scares me that there might be people who don't know what I'm most interested in. 
Yeah, actually true. Yeah, man. Amen. You have kept us well, Abba. Gosh. You know, nobody in this church is really rich or came from money or stuff like that when I look around. But God has kept us well, eh? He's kept us through COVID. He's kept us well financially. He's kept us well. Jesus, give me the ability to, over the next two or three weeks, bring to the forefront what else we need as ambassadors so that you could fully equip us to walk well. It will almost change the way we even walk about once we understand this. Yeah, so true. Yeah. God actually said that. He said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is the pleasure of the Father to give you the kingdom. So, he said, don't be afraid. This, you, you don't have to fight, reach out, grasp, strive. It's not like I'm grudgingly doing this. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it's my pleasure. It's the Father's pleasure to give, as in really send you the kingship of Christ. Anyone else? Cool. I just want to sing this song and then remind me to show you the thing that I said we need to have a look at. If Sheldon is around, it's fine. Otherwise, hey, can you pull up uh, the song called Scent? It's in the PowerPoint, uh, the old PowerPoint. It's called Scent. And, uh, yeah, I don't need the mic.
like. We come not in our name, but the name. Not a fame, but the fame of our God. It's in the PowerPoints, guys. The ones we used to use before things got techy and modern. Oh, you don't have that? Oh, shucks. Yeah, you you can't Google it. Uh, you won't find it. Okay. Okay. Let me see if I have it. Do do do. Do do do. Do 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 do. Do do do. Don't have it, right? Alrighty. Too bad, guys. It's a nice song. Okay. Can't find it, right? Okay, it's a beautiful song. It goes, We come not in our name, but in the name of the Lord, we represent not our fame, but the fame of our God. We're not here to grow in riches or to chase the things of the world, but we are here to grow in the stature of the Lord who changed the world. We are a people set apart people that are sent yeah don't worry let's go to the um, PowerPoint no singing the one time I grabbed the guitar pardon no oh okay I get it yeah we have to stop the live stream officially so so for all our folks watching from all over the world you can join us uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, and that's it, that's it, that's it. We now sign up for ministry. Yes. <laughs> Leave a comment here, yeah, reach out to us. And uh, if you want to support this ministry, 